What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Carmesha Blackman, and welcome to this week's episode of Bel Air Radio. Last week, you heard part one of the Bennett College Super Sheroes of Civil Rights ACES program. Let's take a listen to part two. I am Jaysha Smalls, a graduating senior journalism major, um, theater minor from Philadelphia, and I am one of the hosts of Bel Radio. Um, it's definitely a pleasure to have our Sheroes here with us um, to learn more about what actually happened when the time when we weren't here to actually learn about the history of Bennett College. Um, so just to get started, um, I definitely want to ask before we get to, you know, what we, want, what we really want to talk about, um, I have to ask, what was Bennett College like um, during your time here? What are some of the best memories you, you all have here? Um, I'm, I'm starting with Ms. Rosalind Smith, since you're right here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of memories. First of all, as a freshwoman, I was in the freshman uh, choir. And we practiced Monday through Friday, but we only sang one Sunday in the month. My sophomore year, I was in the orchestra and I was also in the senior choir. Um, that was truly a very rewarding experience. We sang every Sunday. And the thing about the choir was that when we marched in, we had to know the first stanza of the hymn by memory. We did not look at the hymn book. That was also true of the last stanza as we processed out of the uh, chapel. One of the other things was about chapel is equivalent to your aces. We had dynamic speakers, but also one of the things that I loved at the beginning of the chapel, there was a prelude period in which the organist played music, and there was music played at the end of the uh, chapel sessions. I learned a lot about classical music. Although my mother was a pianist, I did not know classical music. Um, my junior year, I began my major. And this was in classes taught by the Dr. Edwin Edmonds, who was also the president of the local branch of the NAACP. Now, this is where I began to really get my exposure about really what was happening in the world. And, and also to discuss with my other classmates um, our experience, because we were able to attend NAACP conferences, which met through throughout the state of North Carolina. Uh, I was also, um, I worked all four years as a student secretary for the chairperson of the Humanities Division, who, for Dr. Jared, who was a very strict person, but uh, during my time with him, he and his wife became my parents away from home, which I loved them. Uh, my senior year, I also traveled with a college choir to New York. That was some experience. But more importantly, I was also an exchange student to Mount Holyoke College for two weeks. Um, I am from a very small town, Princeton, West Virginia. 
I had not traveled anywhere. <laughs> so my first trip out of West Virginia was to Bennett College. The best experience of my college life was meeting my lifelong friend, Dr. Esther Terry, whom you heard earlier. We met the first day on Bennett College's campus at Kent Hall. The dorm is no longer uh, standing, but we have been tight, tight since that day. And we were only free of each other for one year. And I, we do not know how that happened, but we picked it up. And and it has existed ever since. Um, Dr. Player was just such an unusual figure. She was very stately. Um, we knew she was president. We were somewhat fearful of her, but we also loved her, most of us, not all of us. Um, <laughs> When a student was sent home, and you all don't know nothing about a student being expelled from college, mm. but it happened during our time. And she was <laughs> stayed in the chapel session that she didn't give the person's name, but that we were losing a student. And of course, you kind of like looked around wondering who it was, but you couldn't look around too much because those kind of behaviors were not permitted at Bennett. When we were students, we said alphabetically within our class. Attendance was measured by the person who sat up in the balcony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are laughing because they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that was a strange thing. So that kind of made you afraid and put you into check. If you were kind of like doing something you had no business. And we know some of us did. Some of us left campus. But we could not leave campus at any, we were not supposed to leave campus without being in attendance with one other person. So those were the experiences that I experienced. Those are some real good experiences because, listen, attendance like that, oh. <laughs> Please, don't get no ideas, no ideas. <laughs> but um, let's, let's talk, talk about the student movement. Now, um, we heard about the Greensboro Four, and the Greensboro Four gets a lot of the you know, recognition um, of the city movement, of the start of the city movement. So seeing that come out as a student, what would you say, how did you feel to see that all the media was just acknowledging those four men from AT? Ms. Gwendolyn. Well, at, at that time, the media that was out then was not the same media that, that we're mm -hmm. experiencing now. Mm -hmm. um, there was no social media. Uh, there were just the newspapers and the radios. And of course, we were very focused on what we were doing. But I, I, I can't say, I think a lot of that came out later. We were very focused on the demonstration, sitting at the lunch counter. I remember uh, two or three of the fellows came over to campus and asked us to join them. And we were there the next day. And we sat down at the counter and as long as we could. And then there were, we were... We, we came in shifts uh, to, to be there so that we wouldn't miss our classes. But um, to be very honest with you, I think we had a very good relationship with the young men from ANT. And I think that continued even when Marilyn came, uh, my sister who came uh, the following my graduation, that 
they continued to have that relationship. But I think over time, the media began to portray it um, as if it were an ANT uh, a, a factor. Mm -hmm. And that I don't think was in our heads at the time. And, uh, and I think it's because a lot of people were trying to uh, steal the glory. I mean, I, I've known people who said they participated and they did this and that. <laughs> and we, we still, I, I don't really have any evidence of it. So um, as you know, history is written by those who write it. So it uh, depends on how you write it and from your perspective. I think if you talk with any of us who participated, you would get a very, maybe not a very different story, but not the same story because each of our experiences were different. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, when we stopped, when we, after we were jailed, we were jailed, but uh, we were booked, but we, not, we were not jailed. Right. And of course we were always worried about whether or not we would go to jail, but uh, still today I have a record on my, <laughs> and, and on my files. Mm -hmm. But uh, we met with our lawyer consistently. So we were learning a lot about civil rights. We were learning a lot about social justice. And then uh, shortly afterwards, several of us went to uh, try to, to get into the theaters, to the Carolina Theater. And I remember there were four or five of us. They let us in. Shirley, I don't know if you were one of us. And I know we went to several theaters and we broke up. Yeah. But they, they let us in the Carolina Theater. <laughs> and said we were Eskimos. Um, the only thing that I might have looked like with an Eskimo was that I had a camel hair coat with a raccoon collar and a couple of the other girls had on. But then that evening, A&T and Bennett students went down to test it out and they were turned away. So there were many iterations of this whole sit-in movement. And what I wanna say is, although it was started, it was perpetuated. So many things get started and they don't get perpetuated. And you see Marilyn and her group, the group that followed us, Nancy, you were, you were a year ahead of me. So you missed some of what we experienced, mm -hmm. but you were still very much there. Um, they, they, I think sustaining a movement is very important. But I do want to say one thing before I get off, because Rosalyn told you all about her experiences. <laughs> but I want to share something in that video with Esther, with, with, with our former president, Esther Terry, Esther Alexander Terry. I just want to say that. My classmate, by the way, our classmate. Um, if you get a chance, well, not if you get a chance, please take the time to listen to that entire video. You will learn so much more about Bennett, about its sisterhood, about its traditions, and the relationship between Rosalind and Esther. It's just beautiful, a, a wonderful story, uh, but not. But it, it's a history of our country also, because she talks about her father who was a sharecropper and how he and his wife were able to educate about 10 children. So I hope that you all will get a chance to look at that. I just want to highlight that because that is the history from which we have all come. Um, and then, and I'll stop with it. But let me, one, one highlight while I was there. I went to Mount Holyoke with Nancy and Rosalind, but also I got a chance with my history professor to go hear Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois in one of his last speeches about education and 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 that last speech, if you get a chance to read it, you'll see it's happening to us now. So um, get involved in as much as you can. 
in as many activities as you can so you can have the experiences that you can that you would never get uh, at any other institution. That HBCUs provide you a wonderful experience. Take advantage of every opportunity you can. I want to chime in uh, a bit about um, the importance of the media. I okay. did not um, mention to my folks that I was going to be participating in the sit-in, you know, uh, in the demonstration. And first of all, I want to say um, I was one of the participants, and I really give honor to those who were truly the leaders, like Gwen and Rosalind, and certainly Gloria Brown, because they really shepherded us and really set an example. And I also want to say that many of the people who were involved as at the leadership level were people who were, as I mentioned, sociology majors, history majors. And Dr. Edmonds was really a very important person. He had to leave my senior year. He was not there when we came back because he had been so involved in uh, NAACP activities in Greensboro that he felt it best to leave because he had four daughters. And so he moved to New Haven uh, uh, to take a pastor church there. But what he did with his commitment was he came back our senior year. And for those of us who were seniors, he already had worked out plans at, for us, for the schools that we should think about for graduation, I mean, for graduate school. So there was that ongoing commitment. And Dr. Edmonds went on in New Haven to organize the um, workers at Yale, both the housekeepers and the cafeteria staff. And uh, eventually they did give him uh, an honorary degree, but he continued his, that kind of legacy. And that was the kind of thing that we could, you know, we could see. My parents saw on the national news that the sit-ins were going on. My mother calls and she says, do not get involved in that. We already have our tickets to come for your graduation. So there was no need to tell her that that had occurred. She did not really find out until uh, I was one of those who was booked, but she didn't find out that I had been arrested until July when a letter came for me uh, from, I don't know whether it was from the county or whatever. And she thought, hmm, in those days, parents did not respect that, you know, they should not know what was going on with their children, even though you were a graduate, a college graduate. So she opened it up and <laughs> it stated that uh, we did not have to appear, you know, that uh, I don't know what had happened, but anyway, we didn't have to appear. Well, she was beside herself. She had no idea that I had been involved. And she said, I told you not to do that. And you didn't tell me. And I said, no, because I knew what would happen. And when people would talk to me about, was I afraid when I was yeah. arrested? I said, no, I was not afraid of that. I was just afraid of what my mother and grandmother would say when they found out. And it was going to be that I would not be able to graduate. So those were the sorts of things that um, you, you know, I, I just remembered. And I just want to really give credit to the people who were involved in the NAACP in terms of the kinds of Bennett uh, leadership that they gave and that they paved the way for us. 
I like that we're on the track of memories and giving some insightful advice to the Bennett Bells currently. So, um, Miss Graham, what would you say were some of your best memories and what advice would you give to us Bennett students now? Well, my best memories was uh, in the very beginning because I was from a small town in Pennsylvania and uh, I didn't experience any segregation like I did when I went to Greensboro. I could go to the lunch counters and sit. I could go to the movie theaters and sit. It was no problem. So when I got accepted at Bennett and uh, my mother put me on a bus and sent me down there. <laughs> and on my way, on my way down there, my first encounter was a little old lady got on the bus and she was standing in near the front. So I said to her, excuse me, I said, there's some seats back there. And she looked at me like, you know, are you crazy? And then it hit me, girl, you're in the South. I said, oh, okay. So when we got down to the bus station in, in Greensboro, I looked up and the signs were supposed to have been down, colored right and green and white, but they were still there. And I'm saying, well, where do you go? And I said, well, you know where you better go because you're down there by yourself. <laughs> so, so I went. So that was my first experience of, of the segregation. And then when the sit-in uh, came in, um, I wasn't in with the uh, planning of it, but I did participate. And I was one of the ones that were arrested. If you see the picture with the blue, white skirt and black jacket, that's me. <laughs> and um, I was, didn't tell my parents, I was definitely like Nancy said, oh no, you cannot tell your mother what you just did. <laughs> and, get in trouble and be put out of bed. Oh, no, you, now that's trouble. That would have been trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, it was the best thing could have ever happened. And even with the movie theaters, when we did a lot of picketing, a lot of walking, we were called all kinds of names. But, you know, we kept smiling and we kept going, you know. And um, it, it was just a, a great experience. And Dr. Player, Dr. Player was awesome. Whenever you saw Dr. Player, you straightened up. You know, mm -hmm. and when Rosalind mentioned about the chapel, we had uh, chapel services okay, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, we had chapel service on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and for half an hour. And you had seats, like they said, and you better be there because there was somebody in the balcony counting to make sure whether you were there or not. And even on Sunday, and if you missed so many, they would start taking points from your your, your records. So. You you were the, you were there, and you had a lot of respect for Dr. Payne. Uh, if you were on campus and you decided you're gonna cut across the grass, and Dr. Player saw you, and she would call you by name. You had no business running across that grass. She taught you to be a lady. She taught you those things. So my experiences at Bennett and uh, my classmates, I will give nothing for them. They were awesome. All my and I'm in touch with a lot of them. Uh, it was just a, a awful, I mean, a great experience. So I am glad that I was able to participate. And in, in, even as of now, we're still in this fight. We're mm -hmm. still in it. And I hope the young people realize we haven't arrived yet. We still have to, we have to be strong. Amen. Yes, amen. Miss mm -hmm. Graham, are you in this photo right here? Can you see? Yes. Yes. Well, with the sunglasses. <laughs> that's right. That's that's Shirley. That's me. And the other one up there with her head, the one with her head down, 
that is Ann Brown. Right, another classmate. Yeah, that's another class, that's Ann Brown. Marianne Bender uh, is a white young woman uh, who uh, transferred from Ohio Wesleyan. Uh, she was an exchange student, but she decided to stay at Bennett and she graduated. Mm -hmm. She's right. a minister now and she comes to campus fairly frequently. Mm -hmm. And the one in the white uh, shirt is from, she was from Hampton, Virginia. I can't think of her name right now, but mm -hmm. I remember her well. Uh, but Ann Brown was one of our classmates as well. That wasn't Sandra, was it? Yeah, Sandra was her Sandra name. Sandra Downing? Sandra Downing, yeah. that's... Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys have said really said everything to, to highlight our experience. I, I do want to emphasize for the students that uh, those chapels sessions that we went to, you know, we kind of dreaded going to it during my time, but we also learned so much. It was 30 minutes where people from around the world came and talked to us. We learned a lot in that 30 minute mm -hmm. session. And yes, you had mm -hmm. to be there. Uh, same thing on Sundays, the Vespers at Sunday afternoon. The people from the arts, from the from the acad academia, uh, leaders in the African American and the Caucasian community came and spoke with us, and basically taught us about what they were doing. And then, as a result, we got a tremendous amount of exposure in thirty required mm -hmm. minutes. The Aces is the 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 follow up event, if you will, to that. Mm -hmm. The Aces occurs. I think because those chapel sessions occurred. Mm -hmm. So this kind of regular programming on the campus is something that we were involved in mm -hmm. uh, all of the time. There's a question in the chat. I don't know if you're gonna get to that, but I think it's a great question that one of the students has asked that uh, um, what is the responsibility of Bells now in regards to social academic, social uh, and racial justice? And I think uh, I, would, I was, the, the, uh, Mr. Swain, when he spoke, um, woo, said something that I think is so critical for young people to think about. One of the things that uh, happens now that happens too often um, is that we kill ourselves. And uh, the, the amount of gun violence by young people in mm -hmm. our um, community is, is horrendous. And I, he's, he said that maybe young people are gonna take care of that. He, he really put a spark there for you to think about. That's a serious thing to take care of, but the question, you have to plan and strategize and do a whole lot to turn that around. But if that were turned around, what's coming up on us now? Like Gwen said, things haven't changed a lot. Don't think they have mm -hmm. just because we can go to the dime store. They mm -hmm. have not. And it's worse now because we do not have the community yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Heard us talk about the kind of isolation that existed. Right. Because, yes. Yeah. Our parents didn't like what we were doing necessarily, but they were there for us. Dr. Player yes. alone there mm -hmm. for us. So the kind of community that we had when we were growing up, you guys don't really have it now. You <laughs> don't have what we call this strong, supportive, give make you fearless black community. So mm -hmm. the key, to, so the thought of of trying to turn around. The level of violence that exists in our community today is is a strong one, and it's so necessary because we got to deal with white supremacy now in a very and this is worldwide, the worldwide right wing, right. and so we have to deal with that. You have to deal with that, young our, our bells. So it's really <laughs> something just just putting a thought in your head about today, so that we can have the kind and quality of tomorrow that we 
are talking about from yesterday that we enjoy so mm-hmm. much that we hold dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. We want you to have that too. We were taught respect. Okay, so Mr. Twain wants to come up. This program is so powerful and I'm sitting back here and learning so much. Uh, I'm so glad that March is Women's History Month. And I would love to um, invite each of you to help us continue this discussion of the contributions that women are making and have made um, in our country. Uh, And the issue of representation constantly come up. Um, and since I've taken uh, the roles, the role of CEO of the institution in 2016, um, unfortunately, I wasn't around in 2009 when they were laying out the International Civil Rights Center. I would never have been able to see our way clear to exclude um, the powerful role of Dr. Willa Player and, and the students that were here on campus at that time. It is a it is a huge missed opportunity, but one that our student that our employees have taken up and we've started some discussions with the university to or the college to uh, make sure that the women of Bennett are represented. And I think uh, mm-hmm. March being Women's History Month, I'm gonna dedicate uh, that program to our Amelia Parker who is responsible for seeing that this museum was opened up to tell the powerful stories. But I would invite each of you to uh, help us to continue this dialogue because I'm sitting back here learning a lot. I've had to really be on the feet as CEO and CFO of the institution for 13 years now. And this left little room (laughs) to meet many of you, but I'm seeing powerful opportunities here and uh, I do intend to engage each of you. So thank you. When he was talking about um, uh, Women's History Month, one of the outstanding memories that I had of being arrested was of seeing this small black woman with a pocketbook, you know, I would carry a pocketbook over your arm at that time. She was there because she was posting bond for us. And I think that she was um, the owner of a funeral home. And I think that that is very important that this woman be celebrated. You know, she could be kind of swept away in history, but that was very, very important. I don't remember her name, but the people in Greensboro will know who she was, or who, yeah, who she was. And I think that that's really important if we're talking about honoring women and sometimes people who are doing things that get swept away. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you, Archie Rose of Bennett College for joining us today um, for this ACES um, program. It means so much to learn from you all and just to know about our history and just continue that legacy moving forward. Um, we hope to make you all proud. So thank you all for joining us today. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, take care. Enjoy your years there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Best years of your life. I hope you all enjoyed learning more about our superheroes who played an important role during the civil rights movement. Thanks for joining us today on Bel Air Radio. 
Make sure you tune in every Wednesday, Series XM, Channel 142, HBCU. Peace.